I'm John McKee, and I'm the editor of Messianic Apologetics. www.messianicapologetics.net And I would like to welcome you to this episode of Messianic Insider. Today is part three of four of a series entitled Messianic Judaism is Apostolic and Prophetic. A little over two weeks ago, our family, my parents, Mark and Margaret Huey, and myself, returned home from the IAMCS Rabbis Conference. And one of the 10-minute talks given, it was actually six and a half minutes, was Messianic Judaism is Apostolic and Prophetic by Paul Lieberman, a Messianic Jewish pioneer of long standing. And I received his permission to go through his outline, Messianic Judaism is Apostolic and Prophetic, and flesh out uh, the different points uh, he made because 2024, many of us recognize, is a very significant year. There are going to be a lot of changes uh, taking place in the world at large, the religious community, and perhaps even in your own life or the life of your family. And so, for my purposes, it is important as a teacher and a leader to express to you what I believe is important about the Messianic movement, where we have been, and where we are going. Uh, And indeed, it is my current plan that as we wrap up this Messianic Judaism is Apostolic and Prophetic series next week, that we will be able to have some new uh, periodic family unfiltered episodes, uh, presently working on the first episode sometime in the next few weeks where all of us as a family, my parents, myself, my two sisters, my brother-in-law, are able to come together and have a roundtable discussion regarding important matters uh, to us, whether they specifically involve the Messianic community and experience or they involve other things uh, going on in the world of ideas. So this series, I believe, is preparatory for uh, us uh, starting those kinds of episodes. All right, this is part three of four. Uh, The outline has four major parts. So to review, number one, apostles start things. We discussed that two weeks ago. Number two, apostles are leaders. We discussed that last week. Number three, prophetic movements are future-minded. We're discussing that this week. And then number four, prophetic movements are sound on doctrine, which we should be discussing next week. Now, I know that for some of you who are watching or listening to this presentation, Terms like 
apostle, prophet, they might get you going a little bit. But I would respectfully ask you to consider adjectives such as apostolic and prophetic, small a, small p, and recognize that certainly since the Protestant Reformation to the present, there have been various moves of the Lord, whether those are spiritual, theological, or even social, which at the very least, small a apostolic, small p prophetic, meaning that they are accomplishing important work for God's kingdom as designated by him for his purposes for this planet. And many of us would not be here today if we didn't believe that the Messianic movement continues in that stream, that it is a movement which has been sent out by God for important work, and that it's going to accomplish something very important for his uh, plan for the ages, especially as it involves the restoration and salvation of Israel and the return of Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, to Jerusalem. All right, point number three, prophetic movements are future-minded. I honestly do not know how many times in my own writing or research I have made some appeal to the future. Where are we? Where are we going? Our messianic future. Have we thought about our future? The future is a very scary word. It involves things for individuals personally, like, I'm getting older. I'm not in my best health. I have to make sure that my last will and testament have been taken care of. I have to make sure that I've had certain experiences that I have made up with the wrong I've committed or someone else has committed to me. Whatever it is, uh, the word future can be very scary. It involves things involving what is going to happen tomorrow. What is my portfolio going to look like? What is the political disposition of my country, my state, my city going to look like? What is happening in terms of the social disposition of Western culture? And when we look at the Holy Scriptures, what does the Bible tell me about the future? And what do I need to be taking into serious consideration in terms of decisions I make which affect me, my loved ones, and my sphere of influence. Many of us have heard the Messianic movement called the end-time move of God. I've called it the end-time move of God. Other Messianic teachers, Messianic leaders have called it the end-time move of God as well. And 
In many ways, what that means is that we are not only taking into consideration that Acts 1-6 question, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel, which the apostles asked before Yeshua was ascended into heaven. But we are also taking into consideration things like, or at least we should be, Acts 15, verse 15, the words of the prophets agree. Everything involving the restoration of the kingdom, everything involving the participation of believers from the nations at large, concerns prophecy. It concerns, and not just prophecy in terms of the prophets of Israel calling the people to repentance, to return to God's instruction, to return to God's ways, but also what they have foretold regarding the end. And this has always been a part of the warp and woof of the Messianic experience. My own family, back in 1995, 1996, got involved in the Messianic Jewish movement, and very quickly we changed some of our eschatological beliefs from a pre-tribulation rapture to more of a post-trib perspective, and we very quickly encountered people who were making predictions and prognostications about the time of the end. And so, I think it's very important that Paul Lieberman in this outline has said, prophetic movements are future-minded. And indeed, because of our uniqueness as a faith community, we should know that the things we have been called to do by the Lord, the things we've been assigned to do by the Lord, concern where we are going in history. And it is not business as usual. And I believe that over the past three to four years, with some of the drama we have seen with various world events, and we'll just leave it at that, the Lord has been trying to get our collective attention to it's time to do some important work. And yes, of course, it is scary sometimes. It's frightening. We're human beings. But yet, as I uh, discussed uh, earlier today, and this would be uh, Tuesday, January the 23rd, in a McKee moment short, we as born-again believers have access to the great power of God an eternal God, we have access to all of the forces of light, all of the forces of the heavenly host, and no, in our human brains and in our human reasoning, we like to have everything figured out. We like to have everything set. I myself like to pre-plan as much as possible, but we have access to the throne of grace. Yeshua the Messiah sitting at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding for us. In Revelation, we see that the martyrs are crying out under the throne, How long, O Lord, will it be before you avenge us? So our departed loved ones who knew the Lord, they're in heaven right now, appealing to God to, let's get on with it. Let's get on with the next phase of salvation history. 
i.e. the second coming and the resurrection of the dead. So we have access to the forces of God, the power of God, and we don't often invoke it as much as we should. And for those of us in ministry who frequently go day to day, week to week, month to month, and like every day has some situation which upsets us, we have to appeal to the Lord, Lord, we need your protection from threats known and unknown, and we need your provision. Whether that is a provision of resources, a provision of safety, a provision of good health, whatever it is. Because the future, without the intervention of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, seems to be very bleak. All right, so uh, in the outline, there are only four subpoints here. And we're going to be looking at these as we consider the Messianic Jewish movement as a future-minded prophetic movement. A says, we are a barometer of the end times. Well, what does that mean? Have you, when thinking of the Messianic movement as an end time move of God, a prophetic move accomplishing significant work for the kingdom, what does it mean for it to be a barometer of the end times? Well, I believe that not only is something like Acts 15, 15, the words of the prophets, something in play for the restoration of Israel. And of course, that involves all kinds of things in the prophetic scriptures of the Tanakh or the Old Testament. We're also set on a decisive Romans 11, 25, and 26 trajectory. Mainly, all Israel will be saved. And the most critical element of that trajectory is seeing a massive salvation of Jewish people coming to faith in Yeshua the Messiah. And as that happens, there will be a domino effect of other significant restoration of Israel prophecies culminating in the return of the Lord himself. And that's very important. So the development of the Messianic community as a prophetic movement is tied into those kinds of expectations. But it's also very true that we're human. We have a tendency to skip over passages of the Bible, skip over certain prophecies, be tested from time to time. Oh, so you're a prophetic end time move. Well, what do you do about this expectation? What do you do about that expectation? Have you factored it into your end time scenario? And of course, that is an ongoing process which concerns our study of the word and our investigation into what God is actually doing. Uh, for myself, uh, I have actually written some things, and you've seen these resources before, I would imagine, on the last days. One of the first books I ever released was When Will the Messiah Return, which dealt with the place, I believe, of the Messianic movement in the last days and some of the expectations regarding the salvation of Israel and the involvement of non-Jewish believers in that. 
That was followed up with the dangers of pre-tribulationism, where some of the common claims given in support of the uh, pre-tribulation rapture doctrine are cross-examined. And one of my hopes for the future, perhaps even this year, is to take uh, these two volumes, uh, combine them into a single work, and then, of course, add a few more extra chapters uh, regarding the perhaps the current state of eschatology, uh, new things we have to be considering, uh, challenges for the future, that, that those sorts of matters. Um, and I'll keep you posted on that. Another resource, uh, of course, people have asked me over the years, uh, John, are you ever going to write a commentary on the book of Revelation? Are you ever going to do this? Are you ever going to do that? One of the things I do have a resource on is First and Second Thessalonians, uh, which, of course, appear among our For the Practical Messianic Commentaries on the Pauline Letters. And First and Second Thessalonians has uh, some significant uh, end-time themes addressed. It would be my hope for the future, and uh, we continue to appeal to the Lord and petition him about this, uh, to produce something possibly similar to what we did with Salvation on the Line. Uh, volumes 1 and 2 of Salvation on the Line deal with the nature and the divinity of Yeshua. Uh, there's a volume penciled in for that, which will hopefully be written in the not-too-distant future dealing with the messiahship of Yeshua. And I'd like to do something similar with Bible prophecy. Uh, we will just have to wait and see what the Lord has in store. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of that will be made clearer to me as I begin to finish uh, the current project I'm working on, the Sermon on the Mount for the Practical Messianic, which, as I've said, is sort of a, a pivot point uh, project. But point A, we are a barometer of the end times. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we should, as Messianic people, be out there trying to read messages from current events into the Holy Scriptures. I would say that's pretty irresponsible, and that's where people get into trouble. But we do need to keep the return of Yeshua and what's happening in our world in our immediate view. And we need to recognize that you know, the Messianic movement, uh, regardless of some of the specifics and regardless of some of the internal challenges we face, we have a very significant purpose, which many of us are of the conviction is going to culminate in the return of Yeshua. Point B, prophets have an acute sense of right and wrong. Now, that's kind of an interesting statement because I did just make the observation how a great deal of prophecy, as particularly witnessed throughout the uh, Hebrew Tanakh, dealt with prophets in ancient Israel calling the people to repentance and turning away from sin and turning back to the instruction of God. And indeed, one of the important aspects of much of the Messianic experience is seeing many people consciously have 
and or return to a theological foundation beginning in God's Torah and the Tanakh scriptures. And a lot of that is because when we witness a great deal of contemporary evangelicalism, we see it not improving, we see it devolving, especially today with woke and affirming, exvangelical deconstruction, etc. And people genuinely want to return to a strong ethical and moral foundation in Moses's teaching. And that is something which is prophesied in the last days. You know, Micah 4, 1 to 3, Isaiah 2, 2 to 4. The nations will stream to Zion in the end times to be taught from Moses's teaching. And as we contemplate the future, we know that there's going to be a massive apostasy. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 foretells that. There are going to be more people abandoning God and his word than coming to God and his word. And when you believe, and I don't want to get too off the subject here, but when you believe, and it doesn't matter who you are, Jewish, non-Jewish believer, when you believe that Moses' teaching has some degree of relevance and validity for the redeemed in Messiah, you, your ethical or moral compass is specifically tuned to things of, of the Lord and not turned away from things of the Lord. You want to know what God says about certain matters. You want to have a holistic view of Holy Scripture, Genesis to Revelation. And those are things which do matter to the people of today's Messianic community, specifics notwithstanding. Point C, our movement is energized by prophecies about Yeshua and Israel. How important is it for us to know that Yeshua, Jesus of Nazareth, is the prophesied, anticipated Messiah of Israel? How important is it for us to see the miracle of the rebirth of the state of Israel, its survival for 80 years now, and or almost 80 years, and to see how the Lord has been uh, supernaturally gathering the scattered uh, Jewish people from all over the world back to the promised land, and indeed how today, and we don't know what the uh, end result of this current conflict Israel and Hamas is going to be, but we do know that it has flushed out a whole lot of people in the religious world and in the world at large who either strongly support Israel or strongly oppose Israel. Uh, and indeed, our movement, which focuses on the future, the return of Yeshua, definitely gets energized when we review prophecies, when we review expectations of Yeshua, whether they were fulfilled in his first coming or we believe they'll be fulfilled in a second coming. And we pay attention to what is going on in Israel and the Middle East. We really do. 
Uh, it's something which affects the decisions we make, whether you are part of the Messianic community in Israel or more likely in the wider diaspora. And we know in the future, we should know in the future, that there are going to be Jewish people who are not believers, who are seeking answers regarding what is happening in the world. Is your Messianic congregation, fellowship, synagogue there to help them? They're going to be Christian people, evangelicals who want to know what's happening in the world. Is your Messianic congregation, fellowship, synagogue there to help them as well? And I know that uh, we have lost sight of some of these important missional factors of who we are uh, in recent years. And I and I believe that the Lord wants to see us re-energized uh, once again with those aspects of the Messianic mission. And then point D, uh, Paul Lieberman noted, prophets speak on God's behalf. Now, this can get a little controversial for some people because while we would generally consider prophets to be figures like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Hosea, Amos, Zechariah, etc., or perhaps other important figures witnessed in the book of Acts. There are people I know who would consider certain messianic leaders to be capital P prophets. Speaking entirely for myself, I have not met a prophet of the kind you witness in the Holy Scriptures. However, I can say that I have encountered people in person who operate in small p prophetic ministry actions. In other words, they have been given tasks and callings by the Lord to facilitate future salvation history. And so in that regard, Many of today's messianic leaders, pioneers, etc., they have been functioning and speaking forth small p prophetic works, which are, of course, in alignment with the expectations we see in Holy Scripture regarding Israel and the last days. So returning to our main point, prophetic movements are future-minded. We know that, in the end, the people of God win, because Yeshua will return and he will make everything right. I do not believe that that should result in us being passive or inactive in terms of speaking forth God's truth and performing legitimate work for his kingdom on earth. But I know that when we contemplate the future, many of us, even if we have a strong faith, can be a little concerned. And many people are fearful or insecure in what the future beholds. And it's not so much the known things about the future, things which are prophesied here in 
Holy Scripture, but it's the unknown things or it's the unfamiliar things. And I know that's one of the main reasons why for my own ministry future, I want to be sure that I have said something on uh, different prophetic passages and expectations. And at right right now, that's committed to the Lord. Um, have a few scribblings on a note a note paper, basically. But we are a movement, I believe, with an important future. It doesn't mean that we will not go through periods of growing pains, periods where we internally disagree with one another, but hopefully we will see things turn out for the better and we will be stronger as we learn. And so, as with all things, we commit them before the throne of grace. We appeal to God for his ongoing mercy to us. We appeal to God for his continued protection of all of us with all the uncertainties happening in the world. We appeal to God for his provision in our own lives and the lives of our families and loved ones. And we ask God to give us more clarity regarding what is to take place. All right, next time, part four of four, we will finish up this outline with Prophetic movements are sound on doctrine. And once again, it is my intention for Messianic Insider to have some periodic family unfiltered episodes where other members of my family were going to be coming together and discussing a particular issue in kind of a round table. Uh, so uh, hopefully by next time, we'll be able to say, okay, we're going to be doing that, and this is what we're going to be planning on talking about. As always, on behalf of Outreach Israel Ministries and Messianic Apologetics, I would like to sincerely thank you for your continued offerings and donations. They are a great help and a great encouragement for us and most especially for your continued prayers uh, for all of our different ministry activities. We'll see you again next time with another episode of Messianic Insider. Until then, may God bless you, shalom, and take care. <laughs>